Aloha, this is One God Church Online's podcast. I'm Reverend Enoch, and I have your title, Forgive the Unforgiven. How many of us, you know, we look at different things in life. We look at the way people have treated us, certain circumstances, as we go into this message. You know, how many of us could could look at people and, 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 and things where we're like, I can't. Sometimes we can't even forgive the situation, much less the people. And sometimes we say, I forgive you, but really, we're still holding on. And so, you know, uh, the Word of God clearly speaks on this. This is such a dangerous part in our lives, in our spiritual walk, walking with Jesus, following Jesus, that we must forgive each other. And don't look back on it. Don't bring it up. Don't keep, you know, digging it up and talking about it and throwing it in each other's face as we go in this. We'll touch on that again. But, wow, if we could just really look at this, how can we be forgiven by God if we truly can't forgive other people? I believe if we were just to hear that song right now, the Spirit of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here right now. A miracle can happen right now. A miracle can happen right now. Your miracle is happening. Your miracle is happening right now. I mean, that may not be the way the song is, but I, I, I love the way that that's, um, that spoke to me uh, throughout this walk and journey I was walking. And, and that song just uh, Kate was on one of the messages in the seminary training, and, and one of the uh, singers uh, sang that. And, and the way that it was outlined, it was like a miracle can happen now. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is here. You know the spirit of the Lord is here, and it just it it went through like these stages, and it's like the spirit of the Lord is here. It's prepared you. You know the spirit of the Lord is here. Wow, it's just covered. You know the Holy Spirit. You know over the face of the waters in the very beginning in Genesis, the spirit of the Lord is here. A miracle can happen now. Yeah, the spirit of the Lord is here. Your miracle can happen now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Your miracle is happening right now. <laughs> and, and that's how it is. For some of us, you know, that, that miracle is happening for us. And, and But, yeah, yeah, that, that, that little scratching on the chalkboard but shoots in right now. And, you know, and, and, and it just screeches on that chalkboard. And it says, wait a minute. And we're like, oh, man, that sound. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. We need to really forgive the people that we've said that we've forgiven. And don't bring it up. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Those days are gone. You know, we scale through the various seasons and cycles in life and travel treacherously trekking in, in crevices of past relationships and experiences. And when we come to the, uh, the certain event of past and, and, and sometimes very present dealings, 
you know, with people. I mean, with people that we've forgiven or, or, or said that we've forgiven. And yet we really haven't forgiven them because we keep bringing it up. You know, for example, someone does you wrong and, and treats you bad or makes a mistake. You know, you have an argument, you know, and, and maybe everything was their fault, but you forgave each other. You forgave them. Maybe they took something from you. Maybe, you know, you got cheated on or, or cheated at, or maybe someone sold you a car that was a lemon and, and whatever, and you forgave them. Two weeks later, we throw the offense right back in their face. Years later, we bring it up. Oh, yeah, I forgive you. Oh, I'm so sorry I did this. And and they really, like, the, the grounds for repentance, the grounds for, for forgiving people as we go in this lesson, we'll see that. It, it is clearly like, the, when we forgive people, they say, I'm sorry, they apologize. And sometimes people may not uh, be allotted the chance to, to uh, you know, to do that apologize, to, to apologize, to truly repent of it. Because repentance and, and truly, you know, repenting and, and saying, I, I'm sorry for that, that, that is when forgiveness can come in. And that is also the, you know, the bell that rings that thing into play. That is the incense that God is smelling from those prayers of forgiveness and even joyous things that we ask in the time of needs. It's incense to him. It smells great. He's excited to hear it. He's excited to wipe away our transgressions not throw them in our face you know so as we go in here i believe we'll be blessed by this because the spirit of the lord is here a miracle can happen right now a miracle can happen right now you know but we've truly got to you know you know accept their apology and not dig it up and, and plow through the past and, and throw it right back on the table for breakfast and lunch and dinner even. We're throwing back their transgressions. We're throwing back that thing that we forgave them for. We, we eat it for breakfast. We, we mention it at breakfast. We, we mention it at lunch and we, we even mention it at dinner. We eat it. We eat on it. We're chomping on it while we're looking at them. Even if we don't talk about it, we're silently holding them at bay, at charge. We're holding charges against them, even though we've forgiven them, or we we said we forgave them. You know, so you know, it's it's like it's like the you know breakfast. You know, imagine Jesus shows up for breakfast the next morning, says top of the morning to you, lass, and he looks you right. He looks you right. You know, he looks at you. And, and you know he, he's got a good he's like he's like hey it looks like you got a good spread here uh, um sure i'll have a cup of coffee no cream oh yeah and by the way i'm still you know upset with you about june 4th when you cheated those folks uh selling them a junker car oh and, and when you left the the pub without you know paying last week you know even though I said you're forgiven, even though it's all wiping away and you don't even owe a tab anymore, you know, uh, I just can't believe you had you 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 know you had walked out without paying your tab at the pub, like or, or at the restaurant or whatever it is. You know, I know exactly what it is. It was at the pub, and you walked out and you didn't pay for it. I can't believe you did that. Yeah, but I, I said I forgive you. You know, but I just can't believe you did that. You know. You still never paid. 
You and 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 what about that? You still never prayed, uh, paid uh, Fred Hall for the tree that you cut down on, on, that was on your property. You thought, but it was his property. You know, even though he owned it, both of us forgave you, and so on and so on. If we could just imagine that Jesus would be speaking to us, the Spirit of God, the, God's voice out of a cloud in a burning bush, or maybe this podcast saying, you know, wait a minute, look at this stuff that you did. What about those roller skates you didn't really pay for? What about those toys you took when you were little? What about that candy in the store? That wasn't yours to take. You asked for forgiveness for it when you got older and understood the, from right and wrong, but... You knew it was wrong. Why did you do it? You asked forgiveness, but hey, why did you do it? Why, why, why? Look at what you did. Look at how you treat people. I know you asked forgiveness for it, but look at it. Can you imagine if God brought up all your past sins? The ones you've prayed for and asked forgiveness for? Wow. Something to think about. But the Bible says... You know, the Bible says this about forgiveness. You know, Peter asked Jesus the question. You know, what happens when our, our brother sins against us? How many times should we forget? How many times should we let him get away with it? How many, if he keeps on doing it? And Jesus is like seven times seven. And, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And Jesus is just saying that it is... You keep on forgiving. It's boundless. And so, um, you know, as we look into this and see what uh, what this um, story says, I mean, the Bible has plenty to say about forgiveness. Where the Old Testament focused mainly on God's forgiveness of individuals or groups, the teachings of Jesus in, in the Gospels also addresses how human beings, uh, you know, should forgive each other. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Hover in our lives. Crash into this situation. Crash into this message. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds that we may receive. You know. The Bible has plenty to say about forgiveness. You know. Where the Old Testament focused mainly on God's forgiveness of individuals, not to be redundant, but just to repeat this, you know. Individuals or groups, the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels also address how human beings uh, can and should forgive each other. Those teachings, however, are curious uh, are, are a precarious guide for the 21st century human relations while Jesus mentions uh, forgiveness several times he never uh, defines the term leaving a, a con uh, leaving contemporary listeners to fill in the blanks is forgiveness something a person does ie uh, does does it indicate an action such as a reconciliation or amnesty does forgiveness require an action as part of a, an offender? Is forgiveness something a person feels? While modern uh, concepts of forgiveness focus mainly on its emotional dimensions, in Jesus' first century context, uh, forgiveness had more uh, concrete implications. The Greek word uh, translated as forgive in the New Testament, and forgive me, I might batter this up, but aphnimai, uh, Nimai, you know, carried a wide range of meanings, including to remit a debt, 
or to leave something or someone alone to allow an action to leave to uh, you know to leave to send away or desert or abandon or even to divorce you know in fact the greek word appears 146 times in the new testament but it is translated in most english uh, versions as uh, forgive only 38 of those times you know it might be kind of strange there um you know and again forgive me for my pronunciation of that I, i'm still working on that uh, course myself and uh you know you know the, what what does it matter forgiving we we know i mean unless you're greek but but it's good to look back at those things so that we can understand the context and 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 the translations of that and it's nice to have scholars that can point out these things you know Ephneumai. And uh, of course, I'm battering that more than likely. Um, you know, to forgive. Only 38 of those times, you know, but most of the translations in most English versions only uh, forgive only 38 of those times, considering the entire range of its meanings of the word gives us some indication. Uh, you know, gives us some indication of what forgiveness might have meant to listeners in Jesus' first century context. You know, most of all, forgiveness was an action rather than a feeling. You see, yeah, we say so many things, but what about the action of that? Most of all, forgiveness was an action rather than a feeling. And so our contemporary ideas about forgiveness as an emotional state must come from sources other than the biblical text. Here, you know, I'll, I'll submit five prevailing myths about the forgiveness that have come from, you know, our Christian belief and practice. Uh, I call them myths uh, be, not because they are, are you know, not uh, worthwhile guides for moral behavior, but because they do not actually have their roots in the New Testament, separating what Jesus taught about forgiveness uh, from what we have assumed and inferred uh, puts a fine point on how Christians can define the practice of forgiveness today. Number one, Jesus teaches unconditional forgiveness. Nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus teach uh, that, you know, um, that forgiveness should be offered unconditionally. In Matthew, Jesus says that church members should forgive each other 70 times 7. Yeah, and, and, and see, 18.22 uh, uh, there in Matthew 18.22, I believe. And, and and see how easy it is to that's why it's always good no matter where you're at you know you've been to seminary this and that never trust your your own self always you know go back and check it out always sift it through the word of god always look because i said seven times uh you know seven before but also in the back of my mind it was like well 70 times so it's always good to have the bible right there in front of you and uh you know so so that's why we always want to have this this right next to us to see that, that the bible is saying 70 times seven which would be far more and so in the context of that it's still boundless the message is still there but it's always good to to go back and, and make sure that that uh rings true you know so that there's no um biblical error there i mean you see we're human we're always going to make mistakes and uh, not trying to back myself out of the the water there you know but i can swim just fine uh, a number that you know that that 
that number uh, uh, symbolizes the boundlessness, you know, 70 times 7. That's that's the idea of the point. So the point, and here we go, We in, in life, we we, wow, we focus on those things and throw, we'll throw the whole message out just because of that alone. And it's like, wait a minute. The idea is boundlessness. You know, however, even though he preaches boundlessness of uh, forgiveness, he does not indicate whether that forgiveness has conditions. The author of the Gospel of Luke repeats the same story, but adds a condition to the forgiveness. You see, very uh, uh, good that, that we could read all of the Gospels so that we can encapsulate what's really going on. You know, that way we get the viewpoints of the total, the, the, the total gospel of the way that God would have it to be laid out. That's why he picked uh, the apostles. That's why we have these uh, texts for us to, to look back at, this map of our life. And we need, to, we need to look at all of it. Though we have some that are so, so similar, just get plugged into that. And so again, you know, Luke repeats the same story but adds a condition to forgiveness, stating that the church members must forgive boundlessly. If there it must forgive uh, boundlessly if yeah, there's that if if there is repentance. And that's in Luke uh, chapter 17 verse 3. You know, further, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus warns his disciples that a sin that will not be forgiven, you know, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 through 32, and then also in Mark uh, chapter 3, verse 29, and, and also in Luke uh, 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. Blaspheming, the Greek blasphemo, uh, means to speak against or slander. The meaning of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is is an open to is is open to interpretation, but it's clear that there is a sin that God uh, will not forgive under any circumstances. If Jesus teaches unconditional forgiveness, then God must be exempt from that teaching. You know, number two, Jesus forgives the woman caught in adultery in, in John uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Perhaps one of the, the best known stories about Jesus comes from the Gospel of John when, he, when Jesus confronts a crowd about a stone, uh, about the, that, that, that were about to stone a woman. You know, they were about to stone a woman who was caught in the in the, the crime of adultery. Jesus in, interprets the, the Malise saying, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. In John uh, chapter 8, verses 7. Uh, when no one moves to attack the woman, Jesus says to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go away. And from now on, do not sin again. In chapter 8, verse 11. This story is often cited as an example of Christian forgiveness. You know, however, the Greek term, the most commonly translated to forgive, athemai, does not appear in this story. You know, Jesus' refusal to contend the woman... Uh, is not the same as the offer of forgiveness. Further, you know, Jewish wisdom teaches that only a victim can forgive an offender. Since the woman has not done anything to Jesus, he can, he has nothing to forgive her for. 
His refusal to condemn her is more a lesson. <laughs> it's quite uh, so intelligent, Jesus was. His refusal to condemn her uh, was more a lesson to the crowd about judgment than an expression of forgiveness. Jesus, in, in, in number three, okay, Jesus' forgiveness of his attackers from the cross. <laughs> Very clear there. Luke's description of Jesus on the cross is often cited as a coincidental example of un unconditional forgiveness. As he is being crucified, Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, and to, to, to take breaths, Jesus had to push up on the nails and pull on the nails in his feet and, and to pull up on all the, and rub on the back of that cross of the torn flesh on his, on his body and push up on those bones and, and just to say and just to take breaths and to take breaths and, and to do that painfully. He did that and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And Jesus meant it. And some of us, that should, that should definitely hit to, hit to our heart. You know, that should definitely hit to our heart of, you know, where we're at in our life and how we've uh, treated people and you know how we go on you know pull pulling up on them nails and saying uh, father forgive them for they know not what they're doing father forgive forget he died on the cross he defeated death by death for us and when he when we ask forgiveness for our sins when we ask forgiveness that's the point when we ask forgiveness of our sins repentance doesn't mean that we just habitually keep going back to that now there's flesh that we have to battle and that's that's a tough one we have to continually die to ourselves but Jesus defeated that Jesus defeated death by death for the wages of sin is death the gift of God is eternal life can you imagine Jesus pulling up on those nails in his hands and pushing on those in his feet scraping his flesh torn back on the back of that cross probably even splinters going on as the flesh rubbed against there just to take a breath and say words like Father forgive them for they know not what they are doing and that's found in Luke uh, chapter 23 verse 34 you know readers often take this to mean that Jesus forgives those who are attacking him however a closer look at the uh, syntax reveals that Jesus is not in fact forgiving his attackers rather he is praying that God might do so you see Jesus goes to the Father no one can go to the Father except through me Jesus said it is impossible that the lack of repentance from his attackers prevent Jesus from forgiving the men directly since he has taught his followers that repentance is a requirement for forgiveness also earlier in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus instructs his disciples to pray for those who abuse you. In Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 38, while his prayer from the cross is a perfect model of teaching, is not an you know, explicit act of forgiveness. Wow. You know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. So moving on to, to four here, if you're, you're jotting these down, maybe this could be helpful. You know, turn the other cheek. 
turning the other cheek refers to forgiveness. Just after he gives in the instruction to pray for one's enemies, Jesus tells his followers, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. Offer him the other side. In Luke chapter 6, verse 29. The identical teaching appears in Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. Some interpret this instruction uh, given by Jesus as an, an antithetical uh, to an eye for an eye. To mean that the proper response for violence or aggression is to ignore it. However, in the time, you know, in the time of Jesus, in an acting of turning one's cheek when slapped was not a sign of uh, acquittance. Turning the other uh, cheek would force the aggressor to strike the le uh, with the left hand, which was seen as unclean, or 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 the open, uh, you know. Or the open right hand, which would uh, signal equality. Thus, turning the other cheek uh, would have been seen as an act of rebellion. You know, further, just as an eye for an eye teaching uh, served as a, as a check for vengeance, Jesus' instructions to turn the other cheek applies a, uh, to a person who has been slapped and does not apply uh, you know, to the more severe acts of violence. Nowhere does Jesus suggest that turning the other cheek is an act of forgiveness. So that's, that's very important for us to see. You know, and, and also jotting this down, that number five, forgiveness sets you free. The theologian Lewis Smedes writes, To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Much of the Christian uh, you know, self-help literature out there uh, touts the emotional and physical benefits of forgiveness. And while contemporary understandings of forgiveness may very well have been a, possible, uh, you know, a positive uh, uh, psychological outcomes for those suffering in the aftermath of the mistreatment and the abuse, the idea that forgiveness is, is good for the, uh, you know, for the forgiver, that is, you know, it sets you free does not come from the Bible. It doesn't come from the Bible. The closest uh, parallel that comes after the, the, the parable when Jesus uh, describes an unforgiving servant being condemned to prison and torture, and then he warns, so my heavenly Father will also do to, to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or your sister in your heart. Matthew chapter 18 verse 35 in this case forgiving is the best interest of the one forgiving in order to avoid an afterlife of torture and abuse however the concern here is not a psychological one but rather a concern for salvation you know again it may be true that forgiveness sets you free However, the idea of forgiveness as a psychological or an emotional condition traces to the 18th century moral philosophy. You know, non-first uh, non century Christian writings, forgiveness in the time of Jesus was an action verb. That action verb and Jesus' instructions served as checks for the, you know, health of the community, both on earth and the world to come. There is nothing in the Bible that says that forgiveness is good for the physical or mental health of the forgiver. It is an aneochristic, uh, it is a, 
anachristic, uh, you know, to suggest otherwise. So forgiveness, you know. When when the people have apologized to us and and they 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 you know we're looking at this forgive the unforgiven. What is it that you keep bringing up at the table? What is it that you're chewing and and you know drinking down your drink and and you're at the table and you're just mauling this down. You're 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 not really enjoying your food because the person that you're looking at next to you, God forbid, you're holding a grudge. You said I forgive you, but you're still holding the grudge against them. And with the same measure that you're measuring, it will be measured upon you. How can God forgive us if we don't forgive each other? Whether it's seven times seven or seventy times seven, may it be boundless. May it may it not uh, be stricken with time or space. May our forgiveness truly, truly be a plaque that we could hang on the wall and look at it every day. A mirror that we look in in our own face, seeing, yeah, I forgive those people. I forgive myself. That's another thing we got to forgive ourselves. And we got to ask forgiveness. We got to repent from the things that we're doing. We got to seek God's face and turn away from our sinful nature. Ask Him. Ask Him to rescue us from our sinful nature. You know, we must continually die to ourselves and say no to those things. Jesus didn't die for anything. We're not re-crucifying Him on the cross every time we do something. But we need to think about what He what He paid for on that cross. And before we do this or that, we think, wait a minute, should I be doing this? Wait a minute, should I be bringing this up? Should I be thinking about this? I thought I said I forgive this person. Why am I going over it again? And then we have the same emotion surfacing and it's damaging us. It's damaging our relationship. And you know what? It's damaging the other person because they can feel those mannerisms. They could see those mannerisms. They know we are we are energy beings. We can feel when each other is upset. We can see when something's not right. I mean, we could be out of tune of life and just show up and be like, whatever, whatevs, you know, top of the morning, you know, we're just sitting there and, you know, we're, we're not plugged in. And we can still get it that something's not right with you. We can still sense emotion. We're feeling beings. We're meant to feel that. And, the, and I believe one of the biggest reasons why we're supposed to do that is so that we can love, forgive, and be there for each other. So that we can truly love one another. If you sense that something's not wrong, hey, is everything okay? If, if you're honest to that person, if you're loving to that person, then the same thing will come back to you. If you really just stop holding on to all these grudges and all this garbage that we hold on to all this stuff that oh yeah I forgive you and then really we're bringing it up maybe we don't even talk about it or or throw it in their face like some of us do and then again maybe we're just holding on to it and it's damaging us and why we think that nut that we're clueless that everyone's clueless to we're walking around with all this stuff people know that something's not right imagine how much happier your life would be how more fulfilled you would be if you would truly just forgive those people. 
I pray that you step into the best season of your life and that this cycle that you may be in, that you continually fall into, you know, seasons change with time. Maybe it takes a little bit of time. Okay, I forgive you and there's still this like, you know, kind of a garbage, some baggage from it. You forgave them, but now it just needs some time to heal. It's not that you're going to bring it up. Maybe you just need some time to heal. But sometimes it's a cycle that you're in. And cycles change when you do. Seasons are governed by time. Cycles change when you do. And I know you probably all know this stuff, but just to point it out that maybe we're in a rut. Maybe we're holding on to uh, grudges and, and holding things at people. And we're bringing strife into our life, bringing pain into our body. You could eliminate a lot of the things that you're feeling in your body, some things that you may not even be aware of yet. And yet, inside, these things are killing you. Because it's sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And it could be that we're holding on to these grudges, throwing this stuff in people's faces when Jesus is telling us to forgive each other on the condition that they would say they're sorry. They would repent. They would, they would, you know. And, and then here it is. Peter coming up to Jesus. Well, when If they keep doing it, should I say, yeah, you keep, if they keep doing it, you keep on forgiving them. They're, they're asking you, um, they're saying, I'm sorry. You keep on uh, forgiving them. Don't throw it in their face. Wipe it clean. And so what I'm saying is that we may be walking around with every sin that we've ever committed up until the point where we've came to this thing where we don't forgive these people, where we're holding a grudge to them. We're walking around life. Oh gosh, I've done so much bad stuff. I'm sorry, Lord. Whatever your religion is, and you know, Father, forgive me for I've sinned. You know, for Father, forgive me. You know, and, and Lord God, forgive me in Jesus' name, or however our prayer is. Lord, forgive me. I've done wrong. And yet here we are holding on to this grudge. How can He forgive us if we don't forgive them? So wipe the board clean. Forgive the people. Maybe we need to go back up to him. Maybe it's going to be embarrassing. And that's how life is. Humble yourself before the Lord. Go fix this thing. Look, I know it's been a long time. I know I said I'm sorry. I know you said you're sorry. But I can't go on any longer like this. I need to truly forgive you. I forgive you. Walk away. You'll probably have some tears. Maybe you don't even do that. Ask God for the courage so that you can. Maybe you don't even need to, but you need to forgive them right where you're at. Some of you probably need to go up to the person because you might have damaged them throughout this journey in life every time you're around them. You still have friction in your life because, yeah, you said you forgive them, but it's still there. Go fix it. Come before the Lord. You know, a white flag cannot end this bloody war. You can't just wave the white flag and be like, I surrender. Okay? Yeah, I forgive you. No, you need to really fix it. That person needs to know you will make their life better. You will set yourself free by truly forgiving them. Go to them. In Jesus' name, go to them. May God give you strength to go to them. For those of you that need to go to God right now on your knees and ask Him forgiveness, may, may you do that. Repent of the, that sinful nature. Repent of those things you're doing. Ask Him to give you strength, deliver you from that sinful nature. 
Jesus name in Jesus name give you strength if you if you are that person that needs to go tell them hey I forgive you for whatever it is I don't want to ever bring it up I don't want to ever think about it again I want you to know that I forgive you and I myself am sorry if I've damaged you or anything just just clear the table put your ego behind you put put, put all your uh, you know things just humble yourself before the Lord come unto in the, that unapproachable light you know say I forgive them I forgive you in Jesus name may God give you strength for that I hope you enjoyed this message I hope that you can find some ground here where you can see that there isn't anybody on the face of this planet that this wouldn't that we couldn't look at this message and apply it to our lives I, I realize it's not perfect I realize it's not articulated the, the greatest but that doesn't matter the point is is that the point is there and the title alone could encapsulate that for you that forgive the unforgiven whatever it is that that you've said that has been the unforgiven and and even though you said i forgive you it's been unforgiven so forgive the unforgiven see it was encapsulated in the title itself how wonderful it would be if we could just you know fast food this message for you that's not what it's about I'm so excited that you spent this much time listening in and finishing this race of this message because now you can run to the goal, crash through that tape of the winning first place. I want first place because a white flag cannot end this bloody war. You know, we have lived in clouds of rebellion that are now being blown away by the winds of consequence. So bow down, put your knee in the dirt, and bow down to the God that holds your blood-red destiny in the palm of His awesome hands. It's your choice. Choose God today. Choose to forgive and to be forgiven. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm not sure if I should do this. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. May you walk into this dark world carrying the light of the gospel forevermore.